With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And welcome to the latest episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. This is your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 14, the Jorge Andrade episode, where we throw it back to the good old days of returning to Serie A. So uh, we are recording about full quick math here, about 20 or so hours after Juventus was eliminated from the Champions League at the hands of Lyon. And let me just say, it's been an eventful 20 hours because as I was greeted when I woke up this morning, Juventus doesn't have a manager anymore. And as a result of that ousting from the Champions League, Andrea Agnelli and the rest of the Juventus management team have decided to sack Maurizio Sarri. So let me bring in the crew here of Sam Lepresti. Hello, Sam. Hey, you doing, Danny? I'm all right. Chucks, hello, Chucks. Yeah, good afternoon, or I should say good morning for you. Yeah, it's good morning. Uh, <laughs> a somber morning and afternoon for, uh, well, for all of us uh, Juventus-related uh, right. fans. So, uh, yeah, let's get it started. That's right. And on location, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. How you doing? So, like we were saying, Mauricio Sarri is out after one season. I guess we know what the hashtag is after all of that. I'll just throw it out there, guys. Mauricio Sarri gone. Your thoughts? I'll take scapegoating for 600, Alex. This, th- it, this is clearly kind of what, this is clearly to me what it is. I mean, I think if you take, if you take a step back and really look, Saudi does not shoulder the majority of the blame for this season. He's not blameless. I'm not going to, I would never say that. But I would say at least 65% of this was the front office and the, just not getting Sari the kind of players that he needed when they were going to, you know, after they after they signed him on. If if you knew you were going to pick up Sari, then you had to change the team accordingly and address the issues that would happen. And this is just this is the this year was the culmination of a couple of years of of shoddy squad management. And, and shoddy squad building as Fabio Paratici kind of took a little more control. I, I, would, I would personally have been okay with Saudi getting another season if they had completely committed to getting him the same type, uh, the type of players that he needed. This just, you know, hopefully this isn't another half measure in a series of half measures because the, you know, the squad has been neglected 
for a long time. The midfield was, you know, just free transfer after free transfer. We don't have fullbacks on the roster. There are certainly things you can say about Sadi. People obviously wanted him to be more flexible. He's just not that kind of coach. You know, would it have been nice once in a while to see him try to to switch around? I guess, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna die, die by your own sword. And, and you know, there were some positives with Sadi last year under Max Allegri, who a lot of people are saying that they want to bring back now. <laughs> you know, last year it, the the running narrative was that Ronaldo and DiBala couldn't play together, and Sadi definitively proved that wrong. Frankly, if if it, if it wasn't for him, Dybala probably would still be would be in England right now, and goodness knows if we would have Romelu Lukaku or anybody else running running up front. At the end of the day, I think you, you know it's it. Sadi Sadi's first season was not nearly as successful as anybody wanted it to be. Did it did it warrant him being sacked? I don't think so because he was set up to fail. And if we're really gonna, if Andrea Agnelli is really gonna look at what this team needs to move forward, he has to look higher than the manager's office. Because you know Fabio Paratici hasn't convinced me yet that he's a worthy successor to Beppe Marotta. That's that's really all I've got <laughs> uh, as as I process this because I've only had this I've only had this news for two hours or so myself because I woke up to it as well. Yeah, I, I just I think that there are so many more problems than Maurizio Sarri that are just not that aren't that aren't in his purview and that Andrea Agnelli needs to address if this is just going to be if this isn't just going to be another half measure that sees us kind of survive for another year. Yeah, I uh, likewise have only had the news for. It's- let's see three hours roughly yeah roughly three hours and i mean honestly first thing i thought was well wow what a sorry end to a sorry season really or sorry and am i right i'm not even so sorry so you know i guess i'm not the only pun one here uh yeah honestly that was not premeditated like really wasn't (laughs) really really wasn't um no there's really just an unfortunate end i mean basically echo everything sam said Sari clearly wasn't set up to succeed. And it's a really just a jarring and pretty damning indictment on the management, as we've talked about the last two-ish episodes or so. We, I, we're just not really sure what the direction is anymore. Uh, what's the plan? You know, is there any plan? And we're just not really sure what's happening. I saw actually... Um, I'm not on Twitter, but I sometimes I kind of I follow some people and just like you you can still look at people's feeds if you, even if you don't have an account. And I think it was it was me, yeah it was Mina Rizuki retweeting someone else, and he said that like even Del Neri's Juve was better than this or more entertaining than this or something. I'll I'll check it. I'll I'll look for that actually and uh, give you the exact quote in a while. But yeah, I mean it's just once again it's like either you have a coach that all right he might lose but he as sam said dies by his own sword and goes full throttle playing his own style and is provided with the tools to play his own style or you get a pragmatist like allegri who will come to the club and say okay we have this 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 and that player given these players probably this system works best and there's that so you know and clearly it was kind of a half measure and that's the bloody shame, really. And I, just, I just feel bad for Sari. I mean, I think he's shortchanged. He clearly wasn't equipped to do, well, given the tools to do the job. And yeah, now he leaves in kind of shame, really. And you know, I remember, I forget who put it in the comments because there have been just an avalanche of comments on the website, uh, on, the, on the Black and White and Red All Over website, which thank you all for commenting. But I forget who said it, but someone just kind of, pulled back a comment from uh, Bonucci, something like midway through the season when he said, I remember reading this interview, he said the players are struggling to interpret Sari's uh, instructions or Sari's philosophy, I think it was. I got the exact quote, but it was something along those lines. And how that was kind of an indication that, well, halfway through the season, you get the captain saying, well, I mean, then captain Keeling was injured, obviously. Captain saying that we're struggling to interpret 
the coach's philosophy halfway through the season, meaning that after that, Sally probably just thought, all right, you know what, to hell with that. Let me just kind of figure things out enough so that we can just win this, win the title. Basically, at that point, abandoning his philosophy and just saying, right, let's just let's just get through the season. Let's just win the title and whatever it takes. And, you know, and then the speculation is that at that point, indeed, you could see the team playing less and less and less of Sari's style of play and more of just kind of some hodgepodge um, style of that hopefully, well, did get the title just about done. But, yeah, I mean, that's another, you know, damning kind of judgment on just the whole issue of Sari, the management appointing Sari, not having the right players, and just it's just all a mess. And this really, frankly, decreases my faith in Juventus, the institution, the club as a whole, which I really hate to say this publicly, but yeah, I, I do really feel that way. And uh, I don't know. And now, as we were talking about pre-show, we don't have a coach and we have roughly six weeks till the next season begins. So uh, tick-tock, uh, the arena has a clock. An ideal scenario. Indeed. I think just like I think we've said the the term half measures like a couple dozen times in the spot already, and and it's true. Like it's hard to really make a judgment to be one hundred percent it's management's fault, one hundred percent it's salary's fault. It, it's hard to do that when if we are being completely honest, and now that the season is over, officially over, bringing in a guy like Maurizio Sarri, was an, a, a flawed decision from the get-go. You brought in a guy who needs several seasons and who needs a complete retool of the squad to make his system work. And you gave him one year and you told him, you have to win the Champions League this year or, or else you're done. That, that seems to me 100% like Sam and Chuck said, setting up a guy to fail straight up. Like You set him up to fail. Like You didn't give him the tools or the time frame that he needed to be successful. So I, I lean I lean more towards what, what Sam was saying that you know they just needed to 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 scapegoat a guy and he was the easiest guy to scapegoat, you know. But also it like it's hard for me to really sit sit down here and be like, this team actually showed me something, showed me anything that kind of gave me hope that it was going to get better. I don't think they did. I don't think even with, you know, all the caveats that we're talking about, I don't think Sarri showed enough either flexibility or either in his model or what Chalks was saying, right? Like halfway through the season, the players were not even getting the concept of what they were trying to do. It's hard for me to really sit here and, and kind of like say he shouldn't have been sacked, right? I mean, either whatever they did, whatever they decided, at least it's not a half measure. Right? At least they actually made a decision. At least they said, listen, this is not going to work out. Let's cut our losses early and see what happens. Because for as much as I want it for Sarri to be successful, I don't think he was. And I don't think he was successful enough to, to really warrant another year. Agreed, again, with all the caveats that we said that you know he wasn't really set up to succeed. But even, even so, I think he showed very little for, for me to say that he shouldn't have been sacked, I guess. And you and I are going to, you and I will agree to disagree on that. Cause I would have at least been curious to see a second year out of him with a team that better fit him. But there, the one thing that I will say is, and we don't know this for certain right now, maybe we never will, depending on whether or not it comes out. The one thing that, tr- that would have made this a justifiable sacking in terms of Saudi is if he just didn't have the dressing room anymore and right now we are seeing precisely zero out of any Juventus players about this. No, you know, you know, a year ago there were a lot of people on social media, you know, kind of sending off Allegri. Very much not the case this year. In fact, Douglas Costa has apparently even liked the Instagram post that announcing his sacking. Maybe so, he misclicked. Maybe he misclicked. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was actually uh, Chuck's from his burner account. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, I mean, to be maybe, fair, Twitter was hacked just last week, so unless you he, never know. Unless he, <laughs> unless he misread it and saw that it and thought that it was the medical staff that was getting fired too. I don't know. So you know, if if it if it does come out that the the team just the team just didn't have him 
anymore, or rather he didn't have the team anymore, then I could kind of see it. But if that, if we don't ever, but if we don't hear something about that definitively, then I am still along the lines of this was probably a bit premature. I think it was premature. I think like, like we've mentioned before and like it's like you just said, like it would be interesting to see how he can develop this squad, but the squad as it's currently constructed, there was just no chance that this squad was ever going to be able to play anything resembling, you know, the, the famed Saribol. It just wasn't going to happen. So I think the decision was just, do we rebuild the entire squad or do we just get rid of the one guy that, you know, needs, needs the squad to be rebuilt for, you know? So I think, I think that, I mean, the that squad was, needs to be rebuilt that. anyway. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously this is not a, a great squad. I'm not going to stand here and, and, you know, defend the, the squad in its entirety. But I don't think it's a bad team. So I, I don't think, I think with Under Sarri, this team, for whatever reason and all the reasons we mentioned, this team underperformed their actual ability. I think this is not a bad team. I think this can be a good team. I think these are good players. And if you build the squad for these players and if you build the system for these players, I, I don't think necessarily they are a top three team in Europe, but they can be better than what, they, than what they've shown. This is not a bad team necessarily. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess we will always be curious about what, you know, uh, Mauricio Sarri Juventus would have looked a couple years from now. But yeah, at least I'm happy that we have some, that, that, we, that we stop with the half measures, right? This is a full on, this didn't work. Let's rebuild. Let's start from, from zero. At least I'm happy that we're doing this, I guess. That's, we, 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 we don't quite know if that's what it is yet because we still have to see who the manager ends, who the new manager ends up being what new players end up coming in along with Artur and Kulusevsky. I mean, if this could be the start of a really good move or it could be the start of another half measure. We don't know that yet. But once again, you also have to wonder now, like with people like Artur and Kulusevsky coming in, which fair enough, I probably know the answer to this question already, but you have to wonder if that was more of a, if those transfers were for Sari specifically and for his style of play, or were they just for the club, you know, Baratici, uh, just, you know, making that decision for the club, which as it is with Italian clubs, you know, the sporting director makes that kind of those decisions and the manager is just like, well, you know, kind of out of yeah. his hands there. So um, I wonder, I wonder if those, you know, were for Sari or not. I think that's a great point because we don't, as we sit here, as it is 11.48 Central, Central Standard Time, we don't know who the next manager is. So I, 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 I'm 100% agreeing with Sam here. We just don't know who they're going to bring in. You know, there's been rumors that it's going to be Mauricio Pochettini. There's been rumors that their top target is Zinedine Zidane. I, this doesn't strike me as a move that you make without having a guy already lined up, I guess. Who knows who that guy is going to be? But it, it, I don't think you make this move unless you have a guy 100% committed and ready to be announced on freaking Monday. Because as we were saying pre-pod, the next season starts in like a month and a half. So whoever's going to come in is not going to have a ton of time to, to kind of like mold the squad to his liking, you know? And as we discussed before we hit record with this off season being what it is, you almost have to have somebody else in mind just because of how truncated stuff is. You know, there isn't a month or a month and a half for players to go off and hang out in the middle East or hang out on a beaches somewhere in Sardinia or whatever. Players are going to get a week, a week or so off and then they're going to start coming back to Italy if they aren't, you know, basically just staying. So they're going to have to move quick because they have really no other choice. And that's, that's ironic to me because I feel like had the pandemic not happened, there was a perfect line of succession for this if, if Juventus decided to break with Sarri after a year because with the Euros ending and his contract being up after the Euros, I would have assumed that if Sarri had ended up not failing after one year, Didier Deschamps would have been Absolutely. Boom, plug yeah. and play. Yeah, no, he I would mean, he would have been one of the first names 
mentioned and you know you've got you know kind of it it seems like now last offseason pep was kind of the pipe dream whereas now it seems like Zidane might be kind of that pipe dream candidate and then you know Pochettino and maybe Simone Inzaghi and a, and a couple others they might be kind of more of the and Mark Ogden putting Filippo Inzaghi in there which is hysterical <laughs> that just goes to show you what happens when Brits who don't actually look at Serie A except for the headlines make comments but but yeah, and I think, like, I think Deschamps will eventually end up coaching us again. But I think that it, it, it is ironic that that line was right there if this were to happen and Saudi were to blow up. And now, who knows? Well, we've been courting uh, Deschamps for quite a while now to the, to the extent that, you know, it makes me think, okay, are we going after him because he really fits the club or are we just going after him because of, the romance factor because I don't know. It, it, it seems odd to me when even during the Allegri times, we're like, well, but it, what if the shops, what if the shops? And it's like, and this kind of brings me to a comment I was going to make regarding the next coach. It's, you know, I hear like Pochettino and then last year it was uh, Guardiola. And I mean, these are again, really, 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 specific systems coaches you know I mean Pep has a very very specific identity and style of play and Pochettino I'll argue as well and that comes back to the question of like okay are you going to get a coach that has a super specific system and then either a you're going to give him the tools to, to execute the system or b you're going to leave him hanging like Maurizio Sarri was or are you going to go for the pragmatist like Allegri who's you know I mean, I don't want to say he was a yes man, but he will do as you as he's told, uh, essentially. And yeah, I mean, that's to me, it just seems now we're like, ooh, we're going after the shiny objects. And that once again just kind of decreases my faith in in management. If we're just gonna go after shiny objects, ooh, the Pep Guardiola, ooh, the Pochettino, then you know, I'm just like we're just gonna repeat the same mistake. Actually, interestingly though, I think someone like Zidane probably is more like an Allegri in the sense that, you know, he got, I mean, just all these superstar players at Real Madrid and he had to kind of figure out how they all fit together. And well, I mean, I didn't really like their style of play. I thought really they just kind of brute forced their way to the Champions League titles and just, yeah, you know, just went gung-ho attack and just kind of figured it out in defense. But well, at the end of the day, who am I to criticize if it worked? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So obviously the question on everybody's mind is what comes next? And we'll just have a little fun here out of all the names that have been linked to Juventus and you can go pipe dream or realistic. Where, where do you think Juventus will go? We'll put on kind of, you know, our, our, our buddy Hunter put on his Maurizio Sarri hat <laughs> for a day last week. I guess you guys can put on your Andrea Agnani hat for, a minute here and and if you were the boss where would you try and try and take this team man isn't that the isn't that the question it I mean, is <laughs> it's it's because it's so it's so difficult to 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 think about that like i i do think it's probably like i do kind of think that deschamps is the right a, a coach like deschamps is the right coach for the team at this moment he first off he knows what it is like to play at this club which is a big thing i mean the that kind of attitude and grinta and 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 you know never giving up kind of attitude that and that antonio conte instilled in this team nine years ago a lot of people are complaining that that seems to have been fading i kind of agree with them don't have many players like that right now you know, you have Chiellini, you had Mandzukic until this year. Delict kind of, I think, is getting to that point. I mean, when you play with your shoulder popping out every time you run, like that's 
that's Grinta to me. I'll tell you that. But and as we um, know, he's he's going to get surgery on it. Yes. Soon. So um, yeah. Hopefully that doesn't take too long to heal up. <laughs> no. But it's not going to happen because Deschamps is not going to leave France before the the rescheduled Euros. That's just a thing. But he's the he's the coach that I really would want. He he can he can deal with big with he can we've shown he can deal with big egos in you know bringing France to the World Cup two years ago, you know with guys like Pogba, Griezmann in in the team. Yeah, I, I just think he can bring that mentality. He, he's the kind of guy that can bring that mentality back. He's the he was on the field the last time that Juventus won the Champions League. But considering the fact that he's almost certainly not an option at this point. I mean, it is interesting because Pochettino loves that four, two, three, one system. Uh, it is interesting. I remember the, the Barca guys, when you interviewed them about Artur said that that double pivot midfield is pretty much the best, the best setup for Artur, which is an interest, which leads us to an interesting an interesting question in, in that regard, because if because you know, you put in Artur, Bentancourt, Rabio rotating in the other spot in that double pivot, Kulusevsky on one side, the question would be where would Ronaldo fit in there? Is he gonna be on the left or is he gonna end up being the punta with Dybala playing in the hole like he did in that for in in the five star with Allegri? That's that to me seems possible. And also he's the path of least resistance. You don't have to deal with Claudio Lotito trying to keep uh, Simone Inzaghi away from, from, from us. You don't have to worry about Florentino Perez being like, no, Zidane is mine still. I mean, there, I guess there would be a little bit more friction in his salary demands, which seem to be, which according to reports I've seen are a little exorbitant. Like he's demanding twice as much as we paid Saudi from at the top end of some of the estimates. And considering that Lord knows the severance package will have to pay Saudi after for one year. That's Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. That's, you know, that that, this isn't, and that's another, that's another reason why I was really skeptical that Saudi would go at the beginning was the, the economics of it, especially at post COVID after losing so much gate revenue, you're, you know, are we, you know, you, now you're paying, you're paying Saudi for the next two seasons. And unless he, unless you release him and, uh, and he goes to coach somewhere else. And then you're paying a guy who, you know, you know, if, if you were to get Pochettino, that's going to be a big bump in salary. And we're already a little, I, I, I get the feeling we're already going to be a little strapped, but, but based on just path of least resistance and maybe fit for what we've got and might still be coming in, I, I, I guess out of the names, Pochettino might be the best decision, but it's really difficult to say. You, you know who would be great? Like a guy who's known to be like very fluid and very flexible and who you can bring into an like already built squad and he'll just bring the best out of the guys. A guy like Maximiliano Allegri, a guy that I, I knew it. I knew it. Die, 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 die. I knew you were going to say that. I oh, knew God. It. I, I, know, I know hindsight is twenty twenty. I know that. I'm aware of that. But, you know, one, when the Massimiliano Allegri sack happened, that was my main argument. It's like, okay, you're going to sack him. That's great. That's awesome. Who do you have lined up that's going to be better? And the answer for management was Mauricio Sarri, which at the time, you know, was a bit iffy. And now it's been proven to be an iffy decision. This has to, you have to bring in a guy who's going to be better like this. If you're just sacking people for the sake of sacking people for because the season didn't go as you wanted to, that's just it's, it's a bad strategy. So of all the names out there, I kind of agree with, with Sam in that. Mauricio Pochettino is the one that makes uh, more sense, I guess. The bigger name, the the guy who has you know shown that he can lead a, a big team to you know to to European success. Well, I guess it depends on, on whether or not you define Tottenham uh, as a big team. But uh, all disrespect to Tottenham, I mean, it's, they're and, they're very Spursy, so you never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like all, all disrespect to Tottenham on that one, but you know, it, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. And the fact of the matter and is, he brought also, a team like Tottenham to the to that level, which yeah, is exactly, kind of impressive. Exactly. Especially like, consider. Also, you have to consider that Tottenham's owners, because they were building their stadium, didn't give him a new signing for eighteen months. 
yeah, I mean, what he did at Tottenham was really, I mean, it was straight up really impressive. You know, it, it, it kind of brought a club that traditionally was not one of like the big boys of Europe. It, it brought them to that conversation. And I think that that's really impressive. I would actually, I would be really happy with a guy like Mauricio Pochettino being anointed the, the new manager. And a, a, a tiny little caveat there is that they just, I mean, you know, I'm assuming, of course, I don't know, but I'm assuming that the plan was to, you know, have Sarri be here for like two, three years and then maybe bring in Andrea Pirlo, right? The newly, the newly appointed under-23 manager for Juventus, you know, kind of have him learn the job in the under-23 level and then bring him into the big job. That, that's kind of gone now. I mean, personally, I think at this point, well, really at any point, a club. Actually, before I say that, <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody mentioned, or that Sergio, that you didn't mention uh, Saint Totteringham's Day, which uh, quote Saint Totteringham's Day was the day when Arsenal fans celebrate the fact that Tottenham can no longer catch Arsenal in the league. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> all, all disrespect to Tottenham. We continue on the Tottenham disrespect here. Well, knowing, knowing what Arsenal has dealt with the last, you know, X amount of years. It- uh, My small victories, I guess. Uh, sorry, that was a juvenile thing of me to do. But in all seriousness, I think Agnelli and really any the management of the club, you know, you come back to their fundamental responsibilities, which for them is they have to make decisions that are in the best long-term interests of the club. So at this point, what are those? Well, clearly we have a bit of a, identity crisis right now there's there's no real you know what is Juventus like what style of play do we play what what are we frankly at this point because there's no real identity now there's just you know a hodgepodge of uh, playing styles going on so that's just really nobody knows who we are so I think a key priority is re-establishing identity and eventually maintaining that identity of Juventus and so what is that now like who, who could help us achieve that? Uh, what type of manager could help us achieve that? Could, is that a, a manager like Pochettino or um, Zidane or I forget who else was linked. It slips in my mind. But is it a manager like that? I mean, I don't know. And plus the fact that, as before, actually, uh, I mentioned in this uh, post-match interview, that the squad, and I mean, as we've all talked about, the squad needs a reboot. Clearly, I mean, the team is aging. And there are just a lot of players that, I mean, seem to have reached the end of the line at Juve. So who is, what type of manager? And that's really the bigger question. Not even who, which manager we should go for, but what is the identity of the type of manager that we need right now that's best for Juventus right now and the most particularly in the long term? I think we need to establish that first before we can even start thinking of who to hire and I mean that's that's a process that's probably going to take longer than six weeks. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, TikTok and Yelly. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So as it turned out, Mauricio Sarri's last stand was the ousting from the Champions League against Lyon on Friday night. And... Obviously, the game will be remembered for the penalty that should have never been a penalty, whether it was called because of a Federico Bernadeschi trip or whatever you want to call it, or Rodrigo Bentecourt's tackle that was never a foul in the box. So I guess the <laughs> before Sam goes on a, a refereeing rant, and I can already see him warming up and preparing himself for, as Sergio probably wants to hear, some fire-hot takes. What do you really make of this game? And obviously, we know that the refereeing sucked on both ends. So, you know, the people who say Juventus benefited from refereeing can, you know, you could probably guess where I'm going. But 
the refereeing sucked, but also Juventus had even after that terrible refereeing call that put him in a one nothing hole on the night in a in a two nothing hole in aggregate, they they had chances to overcome it. And I mean those that that those those three headers are just gonna keep me shaking my head for I don't know how many days going forward here. It's just you know they 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 could have done it you know on the back of of Ronaldo's brilliance once again. Yeah, it it cannot be said that there weren't enough chances. I mean that Ronaldo, as I mentioned in my play, in my player ratings last night, Ronaldo didn't just miss that one header in the second half. He also missed a wide open header in the first half that would have tied the game a lot quicker. And you know you can never exactly tell what the mental aspects of it, how the mental aspects of a game are going to shift based on an event. But I think that. I think that if there's one thing about us trying to move, trying to, trying to close that gap once Felix Wire had his, you know, I, I calling it a brain fart is far too nice. I mean, like the Michael Oliver penalty in Madrid was more questionable, was had, you know, more questions toward maybe it could have been a penalty than this one. You know, a lot of people are, you know, and so many people talking about the contact that Bernadeschi made. If Hussein Mawar is really going to go down on that kind of contact as a professional athlete playing high, le- playing European Champions League level soccer, then maybe Juventus should think twice about buying him because he clearly has, you know, doesn't have the physical strength to hack it. <laughs> Let's just say that he clearly went down under his own power, and the referee. The referee also he had about six players in between him and the ball, and so he's just going he's just winging it at that point. And then whoever's in the the VAR booth was like, "Oh, did you mean when Bernardeschi gave him that little love tap?" And he's like, "Yes, yes, save face for me, please." But the the thing on the field for Juventus beyond Zweier, beyond every all of that, that really stood out to me was how little dynamism we had out of the number nine position during that game. Gonzalo Higuain did his best, but the problem is his best is not nearly enough anymore. You know, he would he would chase after he would be chasing after a ball like a through ball into a channel or into the box, and you knew he wasn't going to beat the defender to it. Uh, he just didn't have it in the, he just didn't have it in his legs anymore. And you know, and then he you know missed that that header off of what was really nice wing play by Ronaldo, which you don't see very much of anymore. Usually he gets the ball and just cuts in to look to shoot. And that time he, <clears throat> you know, took a lot of, you know, those typical step overs and put out a really nice cross and Higuain just couldn't get on top of it. So I, 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 I think that really, really hurt. And a lot of people that I've been talking to since I woke up this morning and since yesterday as well, and and as we were talking about before we hit record, what impact would Mario Mandzukic have had on this game? I think it would have been a lot, because as actually somebody mentioned in the comments on my in my in my post game, it does seem like Sadi kind of started Plan B in it a little bit as the game went on, and trying to start putting tried to start putting more crosses into the box because he knew that because it was getting clear that Leon wasn't going to let anything through the middle. How about you know having the guy that would ha- that has scored so many headers like that to throw on instead of just discarding him for zero reason this season when he really could have helped? I think that that's I, I think that the number nine position is very very much now a need. Obviously, especially since we're not going to be getting a a coach that is going to play Dybala as a false nine consistently. I don't think that's going to be a thing. He'll be a secunda punta at, uh, or maybe, a th- maybe into the trequartista spot in the hole, which he's proved he can play. So I, I think that it showed us just how much we really need to address that position. And uh, when Sergio goes next, everybody have your shot ready. Cause we know exactly who's going to be talked about, but, yeah, I mean that that and you know, I don't think the midfield did terribly. It 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 wasn't a lot of end product, but it wasn't, you know, if it's so many ifs in this game. I mean, like to be to be I, I said this in my I said this in, in my review and I stand by it. Juventus earned at the very least extra time last night. 
at the very least. So it's it's upsetting to me. You know, when Juventus when Juventus gets beat, I wear it. When a referee's call so clearly alters a game, it's a lot harder to swallow. And I'm going to be brooding about this one for a while. But yeah, that uh, of 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 the lessons that can be learned from this game, I think it's that. I think that we need another we need some dynamism out of the striker position and we need it fast yeah i probably do agree with that the question is if we keep Iguain, given that he's on a pretty high salary if i recall correctly so um, that would be a bit of an issue you would have to i mean you have to offload him to free up some finances for uh the salary of his replacement so uh, yeah definitely an issue there i mean kind of agree and disagree with your thoughts i think yeah, probably do agree that we deserve extra time. Yeah, probably. But I think the main issue was that, to me, this tie was lost in the first leg with just, I mean, just a shambolic display in the first leg. I mean, that was just a, you know. And that can't be argued with either. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the lack of an away goal and then just the performance in that game was just, uh, you know. And if, I'm, and I'm it sorry, forces you. Can I, can I interrupt you from very sure, quickly? Yeah, yeah. Side rant. The away goals rule needs to die. It is a relic of days long past that has no relevancy in the in modern soccer. It needs to go away. Rant over. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Probably do agree with that as well. But I mean, <laughs> the problem is uh, the only issue. I remember Wenger used to just rail against that all the time. But the thing is, Wenger would <laughs> he would always complain about it after his side lost <laughs> as a result of away games. So it kind of sounded like sour grapes. But I mean, uh, away goal rules, it's, it's messy. It's suboptimal, definitely. And uh, yeah, I mean, something has to be changed with it. And or it just, I mean, I question what, what would be the replacement. I just don't really know what the replacement is. But anyway, that's another discussion for another day. So yeah, definitely, you know, we lost the tie in the first leg. So that's, you know, inexcusable. But then also, I think connected to that is that given the first leg, it's like, we cannot let it, as Juventus, given the personnel we have, we cannot let it come down to like one very admittedly terrible penalty decision. Like it can never be like, how did we let it get so far that like it got that close? Like we should be comfortable enough against Lyon, which is a good side, but like against Lyon, we should not let it get to a terrible, terrible, terrible penalty decision. So, you know, that that's... Yeah, that's another thing there. But then, you know, ironically, I actually thought we played quite well yesterday. I mean, up to like minute 60, maybe 65. But I thought the response to going down was pretty good. The response to the first goal was, I mean, good, actually. I thought we did create a lot of opportunities. And yeah, ironically, I was like, we actually played well, (laughs) you know, of all times. We actually like played well. But then, yeah, all this drama and controversy goes on. And well, yeah, that kind of messes things up. But I mean, that was, yeah, that was kind of a sour taste in the mouth and then just lastly on that i mean var i mean once again i mean to me i just questioned the the use of it in general because you know everybody makes such a big hullabaloo about it oh we need technology in football oh we need technology and people thought it was going to be a silver bullet a panacea to you know to like oh no more no more issues in football well clearly not (laughs) i mean clearly that's not the case and I mean, once again, I've been against VAR since the beginning and I continue to be against it because now it's like, supposedly it was, it was used. I mean, for, for the first penalty, it showed like VAR check and a VAR check complete. So it was used. People looked at it and then what's the point? Like, what's the point of it anymore? If like, if it's going to be there, you're going to, you're going to use it. And then, I mean, like, what is the point anymore of VAR? So I don't know. I, I really... I still cannot reconcile the use of VAR, I believe. I just don't really understand why it's still, why it was advocated for so much in the first place when, you know, I could have told you from the beginning, I mean, it's not going to be a silver bullet because a lot of decisions are so black and white, <laughs> black and white, um, are not very black and white, sorry, are uh, gray area. <laughs> um, and then ironically, the decisions that very much are black and white are just, incorrectly given i mean the Depay handball and uh, the bentancur tackle slash bernadeski i mean puff of wind on our i mean yeah it's it's very frustrating to me just to see how 
how passionately people advocated for VAR without understanding just the unintended consequences. Very, very frustrating indeed. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, refereeing decisions aside, like Juve should not let it get to this. And that's an indictment on the team, I think, rather than the referee. Gentlemen, I, I, we've uh, I, I, got some breaking news. Romeo Agresti of Gol Italia is reporting Andrea Pirlo is the new Juventus coach. No. Wait, are you for real? Yep. That's a really, really dangerous game to play. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Wait, live, no, time, they, live time podcasting. Are, are, if, are, if they're real... If they're really going that route, that is such a massive risk. Wait, legit? And that is such an indictment on how they looked at Sarri that they were like, you know, we're going to sack him and bring in a guy who has literally never managed in his life. I mean, Andrea Pirlo is an old-timer. He's an old-timer of player. How do you know he's going to be a good coach? That would be an, an insane move. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> This is wow. Wait, so this is it's officially official or like is it, I don't even wow. It's not often I'm speechless. It's, it's not official yet, but as you guys were talking here, I've got Twitter up and Agresti has reported it. A few other places have been saying that Pirlo is in the building, which I assume it means they're not talking under 23 plans. So, mm, wow. Well, I mean, if that's true, that then would be like- I. Or sorry, go ahead, Sergio. Oh no, I, I was just saying, like, that giving Andrea Pirlo the main job right now—that would be like uh, giving a sixteen-year-old kid who barely knows how to drive, like, here's a Ferrari, like, go nuts, like, <laughs> crashes, yeah. like, that's that's so insane to give him so like such a big burden for his first job, like, that's that's insane. Either they really think very very highly of Andrea Pirlo, or or they think very, very lowly of, of Maurizio Sarri. I, or both. They could both. I mean, when you, th- I mean, Agnelli, Agnelli could be looking at something like, like Gattuso, who, you know, basically jumped into Milan, AC Milan as his first big job, like, and, and took it. But he had at least coached like in Greece or something before then. Like this is a, this is a really, really risky decision if, that, if that's the case. Pirlo must have either blown their socks off or, and this is the other option for this, Agnelli just said he'll probably be the cheapest. And, and he's already there. At that. And he's already there. And he's already they, there. They, it's a whole lot easier to negotiate with Andrea Pirlo seeing as he's already under technically already under contract with Juventus than trying to get a deal done with Poch, even though, you know, as, as we've been talking here, some, some people are saying, well, maybe, maybe Sarri's fate was done in even before the champions league. So who knows how they've been negotiating in the, in the background, but, Pirlo's already there. Obviously, they were very, very complimentary of him when he was introduced as the under-23 manager. And I think some other folks have said that you you look at how Agnelli talked about Pirlo as compared to Sarri at that final press conference. And it was like, okay, maybe they're <laughs> they're putting a few a few things down for down the road obviously we don't know if down the road meant a couple of weeks later but yeah it's <laughs> i mean funny it's how things have developed since we've hit record isn't it yeah it's i mean it's bloody nonsensical really and it's it's ironic because it goes back to my earlier point of like you know it shouldn't be about who is the manager it should be more about okay let's first figure out the direction the long-term strategy of what we're going on or what we want to do. Instead, we just take a guy that's like, oh, well, he said under 23. Clearly, like, clearly this was not a long-term idea because otherwise, why would you appoint him as under 23 first? So clearly, this is just like improvising and off the, you know, off the cuff decision, which once again, decreases my faith in events as, as an institution right now. Or, or it's, or you look at, I mean, th- th- there is that take. There's, I mean, 
Agnelli obviously has gotten to know Pirlo very well since signing him nine years ago. I mean, if, if you want to, if you want to look at this optimistically, first off, everyone thought that Conte was going to be a flop because Conte had developed the reputation of a set it be promotion specialist before he came to us. Agnelli had the confidence to do that move and it turned out all right. I mean, this, the, the more I think, the more I think and digest this, it's, the idea of this being ending up successful isn't totally far-fetched. I mean, you look at a guy like Arigo Saki who had like never coached before. And now, you know, he's synonymous with Milan in the eighties before Berlusconi pulled him out of nowhere. Conte Gattuso has been relatively successful. You look at another AC Milan connection because this, I was covering AC Milan for Bleacher Report when during this era, Clarence Seedorf actually didn't, play that coached them that badly and really got shafted when they fired him for Pippo Inzaghi that year in I think that was 2015 yeah but just so, sorry, sorry to interrupt just on the Conte comparison I mean Conte at least there was planned like it was planned beforehand they, you know they did their research they did their their homework and they said okay we're going with Conte. That's like that's really what I ask for. It's like you know, we do our homework. We like really sit down and say, okay, what's the direction we want to go? What's what's it, what are the characteristics we need? Not like take it under twenty three coach and it's like oh, I'm always ready here. Might as well, <laughs> you know. This, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, obviously, I hope for the best, but I, 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 I was, I was, I was devil's advocating you. So I, I, I tend to agree with you on this. Is that this is if 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 this does turn out to be true and Pirlo does end up being the, the the first team coach that it is highly premature. And while it does have a chance, a, a, some chance to be successful, it's far more likely that it's going to burn up in everybody's face. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is talk about taking a risk. This is uh, if Agnelli, if Agnelli is in fact really doing this, that is, one of the riskiest decisions that has ever been made in the history of this club. And, Riskier than and Gigi Delneri? I think Gigi Delneri had put Sampdoria <laughs> into the Champions League two no, years before. That wasn't I, that risky by comparison. I know. I know. <laughs> it didn't end well, but... And I want this to be on record, too. Like, I... In my mind, like, at noon, with a beer in my hand, this sounds awesome. Like, Andrea Pirlo, Juventus manager, that's <laughs> awesome. That sounds incredible <laughs> to me. We said I at the really, beginning really Sergio hope. was on location. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it's noon. You can't judge me now. But, you know, I, it's just such a, like, like you guys said, it's such a wild, risky move. And we know for a fact it wasn't a premeditated move. It was a move that they made out of necessity more than anything else. It, 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 I really, really don't want that guy to be put in a situation where he can't be successful. And this feels like uh, I, I'm not saying he can't be successful. He might very well be. He's a, he's a he was a brilliant player. He might be a brilliant. If anyone manager. can do it, he can. Exactly. Like I, I I just think that this is a very big risk and a very tough job for him, especially considering it's his very first managing job. So, uh, you know, if this actually comes to fruition, if this actually does happen, you know, interesting time capsule. The first 20 minutes we did on this podcast, but. Also, like, uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be very interesting to see, at the very least. Like, we won't even know what kind of system he might put in until the first pre until whenever we start playing a preseason game. Like, there, this is literally a complete unknown. Yeah. We have no idea how he might want to coach this. Yeah, no, I remember, you know, after the rumors started back up again that Pirlo was going to be hired as the under 23 manager. People were like, well, what system is he going to run? And all this. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows just because he's. Has anybody know, this, dug out his coaching thesis? I mean, those, those tend to end up publicly available. Don't yeah. they? Chuck, you're the, you're the scholar of the group. Try and find the, uh, try and find the Pirlo <laughs> thesis. <laughs> there is none. There is none. That's the point. It's all. Just shooting in the dark. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe Giorgio Chiellini's economics thesis is a whole lot more 
readily available. Than, I know. Oh, I mean, that like, is, that, that's, true. that's true. I mean, you do. Ha- <laughs> I mean, you know, he went through Covertiano, so he had to have written something down because I've, you know, you've read, I've read other, other guys' stuff before. It's just a matter of, you know, seeing if it's actually something that can be grabbed from the world. But yeah, this is the, the number of unknowns that this creates is wild. I've n- if this is actually going to be what it, how it turns out if this ends up official I will have I don't think I've ever you know I've I've written about I, you know I've written about this game since 2012 when I first joined Bleacher Report and I have n- there has never been more of an unknown in anything I've seen and covered than than if if Pirlo ends up being the first team manager that's really I'll say, crazy. I'll say this at the very least. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's not going to happen. And if it does, I don't know if it's going to pan out. But at the very least, I'm like in a significantly better mood than I was when this pod started. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just exciting. It's just like it would be very exciting and very awesome if this worked. Like I would love it if it works. I'm just not super sure if it would work, but if it does, that would be incredible. And I'm, I'm, I'm already excited for next season. You know, I'm happy that we got bounced from the Champions League. That's my take. Like, good. Let the rest, <laughs> let them take, you know, new managers and their peerless system in and, and it, you know, let's get them next year, fellas. There, there, is a, there, is, there is a parallel here that I just realized that we haven't because I've been looking at Italian football when I was talking about, you know, people like Arrigo Sar. The very recent parallel here is Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid, and obviously that's if they if they're trying to hit on trying to go for broke here with an unknown commodity. I mean that's yeah, because that's the you know, that's the the thing that they're going to be like. Well, this worked out. Pirlo yeah. is now our Zidane. Yeah, and I and that's kinda, the, but wasn't wasn't Zidane like an assistant manager first, and like wasn't he, he the manager for yeah. he had assisted I think yeah, like I think they were actually trying to make him Arsene Zidane with with the move for like let's get him the under twenty three squad first and let's get him some reps, and then we can bring him into the big job. I think I think that was the the idea. Obviously, you know if, if they do that do this right now, it, it got you know a little bit the timeline got accelerated a little bit, but. I mean, yeah, I think that's a parallel. I think it again. I'm just really happy. That would be great. That would be so exciting. But you know, let's let's wait and see and if they actually. I mean, if they actually do it right now, it's just a unconfirmed rumor, I guess. It it everybody's reporting it now, so I think it's 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 going it's, around. It's it's only an official announcement, and in our case, an officially official post on the website. Jesus Christ, that's. Wow, I'm happy. I'm happy. Let's go. Let's do it. I, I this is, fully bought in. I'm drinking oh, the Kool-Aid. Sergio, Sergio's Let's all in. Go. And it's not just the beer. In I'm all in. I'm all in. This is going to be a fun season to cover, man. <laughs> this coming season. And the good thing is, it starts in about a month. Yeah. Oh, uh, my gosh. I will, I will wrap things up on this note. Apologies um, to the Twitter questions, but yeah. just kind of. Yeah, sorry. Your Twitter questions got, <laughs> they got bounced. But luckily, and also apologies to Matt Damon for no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, as you guys can probably guess, a lot of them were about Mauricio Sarri, so I would assume we talked plenty about him. But we know one thing that will be better with Pirlo as manager as compared to Mauricio Sarri, and that will be Juventus's manager will be much more well dressed than he was this past season. So. Oh yeah. On that and note, would have a much oh, yeah, let's beard. go. <laughs> and would have a much be- and would have a much better beard. That's right. So oh, let's go and I have a, the manager. I had let's a, go. Can, can I can I, please, can I please tell the, can I please tell this story? My first editor at Bleach Report was a man named Will Tidy, and he had a thing about Pirlo and his eyes, and he would always mention it in posts that he in in articles that he would put up. It was eyes? and and he and. And it was it was hysterical. It was like it, it it started becoming a thing where he would mention the eyes, I would mention the beard, and it would just be like a thing. Oh, <laughs> I kind of wonder what he's. I kind of wonder what he's feeling right now. I gotta see if I there's a way I can like find him on the social media and talk about this. <laughs> and that's not even mentioning Pirlo's hair, which 
Which before the beard was what he was known for. <laughs> oh right. man, this we'll, brings up. Uh, we'll we'll spend an hour breaking down on Pier- Andrea Pirlo's looks next week. So, <laughs> on that note, thank you all for the Twitter questions, even though we didn't get to them, but we got a lot of replies in a short amount of time. And I guess that's what happened when Juventus <laughs> fires their manager a couple of hours before we hit record here. So for uh, the usual crew for. For Sam, for Chucks, and for Sergio, uh, this is Danny saying make sure to follow us on Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts, on Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can find us on social media. So once again, for the usual trio and myself, Danny, stay safe out there and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.